This is the Get Healthy 360 podcast, where we discuss topics related to your physical, mental, psychological, and spiritual health. Your host is Dr. Chris Ferguson, board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and you should consult your primary healthcare provider before making any decisions related to your health. And here's your host, Dr. Chris Ferguson. So we are here today with Julie Stender. She underwent a gastric bypass, and sometimes the gastric bypasses do not go well, but hers went very, very well. Um, Julie, do you want to start your story and how you ended up getting gastric bypass surgery? Yes. So I've always struggled with weight my whole life, but in high school, I was very involved in athletics and even early in college. Um, and after having kids, all my body totally changed and it became more of a struggle to lose weight and to like have more endurance. And after my last pregnancy, um, some things just didn't uh, go well. And I was frustrated and started to see a dietitian about what I was doing wrong or what I could be doing better. And through the process, she recommended that maybe I want to meet with their bariatric team and just see what that surgery would look like. And um, after meeting with the nurses there and the life coaches, I felt like it was a good decision for my life at the moment. And that started the whole process. So to back up, so in high school, you were always really athletic. It's not like you were Mm -hmm. a casual athlete. Like you played college Right. A volleyball, yeah. basketball, like you were very yeah. athletic. So, yep, like all conference um, accolades and was able to still compete, even though I was always bigger than like the average high school girl. And I still in college would play intramurals. And um, even in my adulthood, I still played um, women's league volleyball. Um, I went to uh, a gym five days a week and kettlebelled. So still super able to be able to um, work out and intensely. So there is the stereotype of people that are overweight just aren't physically active, but you are mm-hmm. definitely doing everything you're really supposed to do. Yeah. So did anyone ever tell you or did anyone ever figure out like why you had such a, such trouble keeping weight off? Yeah. No one ever told me growing up why. And I think it went down. Now I look back, it was totally food choice. Um, it was, I, what I was putting in my body was not fueling it well to lose weight. I was definitely strong and definitely had endurance, but, um, I would never consistently eat well long enough to see long term results. So then the natural question is, it sounds like you're obviously educated about diet at this point. Could you have lost weight and kept it off without the gastric bypass and just diet changes alone? Hmm. <laughs> uh, for me, I did not. I think for me, the gastric bypass, um, because I'm a rule follower, it was what the tool I personally needed to consistently make good choices. Because for me, it was like, you can't, your body can't make bad choices now. And so because I'm a rule follower, it just, that is why now I am able to consistently fuel my body well, whereas before um, there was not that restriction. And so it was easy to fall into a slippery slope or give up after three to four months of diet. So I think that not every treatment, like naturally a diet treatment isn't going to work for everyone. Like there isn't one thing that will just work for everyone and not every specific intervention is really appropriate for everyone. So Mm -hmm. it sounds like you are very happy with going down the path of gastric bypass. 
Yes. So I've tried every diet under the sun. So what diets have you tried? Yep. So I've done um, some Advocare, like a 24-day challenge, which is basically you take a lot of supplements and you eat a very high protein, no carb, high veggie diet. And you do a challenge for 24 days where you cleanse out all the bad stuff. And that's been the most successful, but I couldn't maintain it after that 24 days. I've done dabbled in Weight Watchers a little bit early on. That was a kind of a slippery slope because you're still allowed food for me that I just can't be allowed to have. For me, I cannot just can't do the sweets and the the carbs. It's just a slippery slope. Um, I've yeah. So what you mean, like if you, once you start, you just can't really stop. Yeah. So like if you say, okay, well, I can just have one piece of cake today. Well, then tomorrow, okay, I'll have another one. Well, then I might as well have like McDonald's because I already screwed up my diet. So to me, it's just a, like a domino effect of bad choice after bad choice when eventually you forget what the good choices are. So can you have cake now? I cannot. Um, what it would do to my new body, um, is make me violently ill. Um, the sugar in the cake, uh, or the flour in the cake would make me, um, either throw up or just get really like sweaty and achy and that would happen. You could retrain your body to eat cake after many attempts of that sickness, but, um, you'd have to go through a lot of pain first to be able to eat cake. So it's interesting because some people will get, so when people have certain things, like if they take alcohol or certain drugs, Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, it's sugar. They get this massive dopamine release and then Mm -hmm. they just physically can't help themselves. Almost like an alcoholic can't help themselves. I know people who, if they have no alcohol, they're totally fine. But if they have one drink, they like they just can't stop. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So the only way they can really do it, there's a drug called antabuse that they take. And then if they drink any alcohol, it makes them violently ill. So it's, it's, it's reminding me of that process. Huh. Yeah. I haven't experienced that yet and I hope to never do that. Well, not with the alcohol, but I mean with yeah, no, like even the sugar. Yeah. Yeah. You basically just can't have any sugar. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. And that's why they recommend a lot of sugar free things. Like if you were going to go down, if you wanted a dessert, not that that's good for you, but that's what they tell you to do if you're going to do that, is to do like a sugar-free version. So are you willing to discuss your weight then, like where you yeah. were? Yeah. So I started, my highest weight was like 415, and now like this morning weighed in at 235. So when you were at 415, what were you thinking when... You tried the diet, you tried multiple diets, everything failed, and then mm-hmm. your dietitian recommended gastric bypass. Mm-hmm. And what were you thinking when they suggested that? I was skeptical because everyone that I had known that had ever had it uh, eventually gained their weight back and then some. Um, and so I was really skeptical and asked a lot of questions of why and what would be different now. Um, and what did they tell you? And they told me now that uh, people are more properly educated. And the they asked so that people who had it would have been like 10 to 15 years ago, the people I knew. And um, they were not required to go through the extensive process that you are now, uh, pre-screen wise. And and then they were, are, were not also required to do follow-up. And we're just not educated well on what to eat. Um, they Instead of like how to feel your body well, it was more like just eat smaller portions of what you were already eating before. So what was this, what did the pre-screening 
pro- like really spell out the details of. So you decide yeah. you want to go for the guy. You meet yeah. with them, and they you, you decide yes. Let's initiate this process. What's the first step? So the first step is to check your insurance because every insurance has different requirements. But the basic generalization of every insurance is you have to meet with a dietitian uh, once a month for four to six months. And you have to show that you um, can make progress. So you have to lose some weight in that four to six months to show like when you have surgery, you'll be able to be successful. Okay. Um, you also have to go do an educational class where they educate you on this, uh, the different types of surgery post op. They give you an education of that. Do you want to discuss the different types of surgeries? Yeah. So there's a sleeve surgery where, um, they cut off part of your stomach, uh, permanently. There's also the gastric bypass, which the stomach is divided and just like a small pouch. They, they leave the other pouch in there for nutrients purposes, but this small pouch then is reconnected to your intestine. And then that's where the food then bypasses your old stomach through there. Um, that's the only two my surgeon rec- uh, would do. There was a third one um, that's a little bit newer that he didn't dabble in. So I don't really know a whole lot about that. So he recommended a, a particular surgery for you. Yep. The team thought the gastric bypass, because of the amount of weight I wanted to lose, the gastric bypass, typically you see a greater amount of weight loss. So once you decided that that was the process for you, what was the next step? Yep. So then after that, I had to have a psyche valve to make sure that I would be able to mentally handle the surgery and all the things that came with it. What was the psyche valley like? Uh, it was a little nerve wracking actually, because, uh, you go meet with a psychologist and she asks you a ton of questions from your childhood all the way through your adulthood. And it gets a little personal. Uh, it's a little personal to talk about your weight, especially as a female and to really address like, why are you, you know, where did you get, why are you here? Like, why, how did you get to be this heavy? And so it's a little hard to verbally talk about at first out loud because generally it's kind of taboo to talk about weight and just, you know, is there anything in your past that might have led up to that? And then you take a lot, a lot of written questionnaires about your sleep habits, about your emotional health, about what you think of this scenario and what you think is right or wrong. And I think that was like two hours of filling out circled answers, almost like an ACT exam. Was it a one-time session or did you have follow-up counseling? One-time session with her. Okay. And then, well, obviously you passed. So then what was the yeah. next step? And then monthly, I uh, I would make an appointment and I would meet with four different people each appointment. So one was a dietitian and we would I would show her my log. I would log all my food on. I used my fitness pal. I found that to be the easiest. And then I would meet with a life coach and we would go over things like, what does your support team at home look like? Who have you told about the surgery? What's your plan post-op as far as when I'm recovering to, so my household runs well while I'm resting. So who did you tell about the surgery? How did they take, uh, and how did they take it? Yeah. So obviously I ran it by my husband first and he's amazing. He's super supportive no matter what I choose to do. And um, I think he had just saw the last two years, just a struggle and defeat and, um, was totally supportive of that. And he went right into, 
he's a financial planner. So he went right into that piece of it. Mm -hmm. And I have the most amazing support team here of like, um, I 12 girlfriends and I told all of them and they came up with a plan with me and I have four kids at home. And for two weeks I didn't cook a meal. I didn't clean my house and I did not watch any of my kids. Like they were brought to school, brought home to me. And so that is a rarity. What I've heard a rarity to have such a support team. A lot of people go at it alone. And, um, because I have a support team, it's easier to stay accountable to my goals because they're always checking in still. Awesome. So then you, so you told everyone and then Mm -hmm. what was the next step? Yep. So I told everyone. And then, uh, because I had been meeting with a dietitian prior to, um, the last thing on my list was to have a sleep apnea, like a sleep, a sleep test Mm -hmm. that was required by my insurance. So I had one of those. And as soon as that came back, then uh, my surgery date was set. So did they go through the, like the risks of this procedure with you? Oh yeah. Every time they did. And that was my, um, number one question because I do have four kids and a husband, like how many people die from this? And he, my surgeon had had no one ever die on the table, which was a concern of mine. Like going under when you're that weight is a risk. And that was the biggest, the biggest risk was. So you, you also specifically said he had no one die on the table. So I, um, have taken care of people in the ICU with the gastric bypass surgery does not go well. Mm. And when it does not go well, it goes very not well. Yes. And this surgeon, I asked him if he'd ever have anyone die. And he said only many months post up, but it was nothing to do with the surgery. This, it was like a choice. Like he had, they had other heart issues and the surgery was kind of a last ditch effort kind of thing. Well, and I think it's important that people really realize, like, you can have the best surgeon, but it's still, nothing is really guaranteed. Like, if you're going to drive a car, I would say you could hit Mm -hmm. hit a deer, the car could go in the ditch, lots of bad things can happen. So it's not really a casual thing. And it sounds like you went through a lot of counseling and a lot of forethought. It was well planned out. Right. Absolutely. And that, and they want to make sure you're 100% educated on all that. They sent home with tons of, they have their own binder of things they created for their specific hospital and team. Um, so they didn't really give us like a book that you could order on Amazon to read either. It was a binder specially catered for their bariatric team that was, we were required to read through. So how nervous were you and your husband going into the surgery? You know, we were actually at peace about it. I think, um, we, were just ready for a change and ready for a lifestyle change and, I think we spent more of the months being nervous about it, but when actually the surgery came, we were super peaceful about it and went in and with a positive attitude and came out on the other side. So you, you had the surgery, you woke up. What was it like when you first woke up? Oh man, that, that was a lot of pain. Like I was groggy and, um, I felt super like dry cotton mouth, but I couldn't drink anything. I could just suck on ice chips and I was out of it for most of the day um, on pain meds that day. I don't remember a whole lot. I remember like sipping on broth of some sort later that night, but by the evening they wanted me out of bed. So like, I think I walked from my bed to my chair and from my chair to the bed. So the first night was groggy 
But the second night, there was someone else in the hospital who also had that surgery. And we had a little competition going to see who could walk the furthest and the most often. So that kind of got me out of bed. Well, the compared that competitive spirit, kind that of. competitive spirit. And that really, I think, is why I recovered so quickly, because the more I moved, the better I felt. Sure. But go ahead. Oh, how long were you in the hospital for? Two nights, two nights and three days. So were you eating at that point or was it just no. chips? No, so I actually didn't eat any food until four weeks post-op. I was on a liquid diet for four weeks. Um, so first it was like clear broth. That was a few days. And then it moved to like a yogurt, um, jello, protein shakes. Was basically, I lived on protein shakes for a good while. And then when did you start eating solids again? So four weeks, I got approved to eat soft, mushy food, like cottage cheese, cheese, um, which kind of caused a lot of um, backup issues in my body, like mm-hmm. that much dairy, which that is a piece of surgery people don't talk about. Like when you go into it, I had no idea that your body would respond so negatively to so much dairy. Like that was kind of a surprise to me. And then after that, after that was another two weeks of soft foods. Like I, um, then I got approved to eat soft proteins, like, um, shredded chicken, steamed vegetables. And then it wasn't till four months post-op did I get approved to all, uh, for all textures of food, like raw vegetables, um, steak, things like that took about four months. And how much, how quickly were you losing weight in that recovery period? Mm, The first month I lost 46 pounds. So really rapidly that first month. And then after the first month, it's been a, a, I say an average of 20 ish pounds every month since then. So how much weight do they expect you to lose? I've already lost as much as they expected me to lose. <laughs> I lost really rapidly and already lost what most people lose in about two years. Are you looking to lose more weight or are you happy with where you're at at this point? Uh, yeah, I would like to lose, um, probably I would say about 40 to 50 more pounds, probably in the next year. So then you, there's also that issue of you were heavier, you've lost a lot of weight, but then the skin doesn't really Mm. contract. Right. And so I've run into that already. Like I can't work out without wearing compression gear. Like I can't. It's just uncomfortable and painful. Um, I have a lot of excess stomach or excess skin in my stomach and in my arms is the biggest thing. So are you, are you going to have the cosmetic surgery? Yep. And so they recommend to wait two years post-surgery. And once you've kind of stalled out, so once I'm done losing mass amounts of weight, um, and it's been two years then to explore that avenue. And do you have any sort of, rough ballpark everyone's going to be a little bit unique but any sort of ballpark regarding how much that costs the skin removal yes i don't i i know someone who just had it that cost that uh cost her around twenty thousand dollars to do the full gamut Mm -hmm. but i don't know i've also heard like twelve thousand dollars thrown out there so it's not cheap um and that would be including in travel. Like I don't, there's not a surgeon where I live. I would have to travel and stay two weeks 
somewhere with a surgeon. And I have one in mind in Washington, D.C. Just I've been he's highly recommended. So that looks a little different as far as travel and cost is concerned. Knowing what you know now, is are there any pieces of advice or anything you would tell someone Mm -hmm. who kind of was in your situation? They've tried everything. They've done the diet. They've seen nutritionists. They've tried every program out there and it's just not working. And they're at that stage. Yeah. What would I tell them? Yep. I would tell them that if you are at your rope's end and you've tried everything, that this um, is definitely a good avenue if you if you have a good support system at home and you are mentally strong enough to make this your new life. Um, it's definitely not a fad diet and it's something that takes a lot of mental willpower and a lot of planning um, and a lot of just kind of a decision every meal, every hour, sometimes every week to make the next right choice. And if that is something that you're ready to go on board for, I'd say find a good surgeon, find a good bariatric team, get educated on it. And if it seems right to, for you, then this is the tool for you. So how much has your life changed now that you've had the mm. gastric bypass surgery? Like, uh, how do you adjust to the... Yeah, we talk a lot about non-scale victories in this world. Um, so victories that can't be measured on the scale. And for me, it's like clothing. I can walk into any store now and buy clothing. I don't have to go to a specialty store or order clothes online. Um, that's been a huge change. A uh, huge change this summer. My family and I did a ton of biking. Like I never rode a bike with them before. I just, I always thought it was too heavy to ride. I mean, I, I athletically could ride a bike. I just thought I was too heavy. And this summer we did so much biking. We wore our bikes out. Um, it was awesome. And the food piece now, that is tricky, but it, it is just mentally telling yourself beforehand that that's not going to fuel your body. That's not going to be good for my body. And just always being prepared with foods I can eat, whether that's looking up what the menu is at the restaurant we're going to go to and deciding ahead of time what I'm going to eat and how much I'm going to eat or just meal prepping for the week. So I always have food in my fridge that is going to fuel me and keep me going. So it sounds to me like even though it requires a certain, a very heavy degree of rigor on your part on what you're going to eat, Mm. the, the benefits, like you can go into a store and pick out whatever it is you really want to. Mm -hmm. It's, it's in the favor of it's, you're happy you did it. Absolutely. hundred percent changed my life. Um, I can now keep up with my four kids way more. I, um, just physically, my body can just do more things. I never even thought I could do like run up and down a basketball court again. Like that is something. And it's so much easier now without all that weight. What I've been amazed by is how much easier things are. I always could do the things. Um, I always could play volleyball and play basketball and run after my kids. But now when you're, have dropped 180 pounds. It's amazing how much less fatigued I am, how much better I sleep and just overall made has made our life and my life more enjoyable. So from what I understand, faith is a very large part of your life Mm. and something you take very seriously. How did that factor Mm. into this entire process? Yeah. So that is why I think that it has been such a piece about it. I actually, after the nurse 
or the, I'm sorry, the nutritionist first suggested to me to have gastric bypass. I was on my way home and I got a call from one of my friends and she's like, you know what? I really just felt today she was praying for me. And she's like, I just feel like you have a lot of good things coming your way and whatever decision that you're having to make, I just, I want you to have it go in it confidently. And she had no idea what I was going through that day. And I thought, you know, that God was just telling me that this was the right path. And every step of the way, he's aligned stuff to work out. And just, um, we've just been at peace about it. And any doubt I ever had, like, oh, who's going to run my house for two weeks when I can't? Someone came in and made a plan for me or, you know, how are we going to pay for this out of pocket? And that, not the whole surgery, but whatever was left, that came too. So every step of the way, I felt like God directed each decision and each problem we faced, he solved. And it was just clear that this was the way for me. So did your, okay. So I, I have to ask, does your yeah. friend, how often does your friend call you? Never. <laughs> it was the most bizarre. The whole story is she literally called me. And she's like, I just have a word from the Lord from you. And he laid on my heart this morning that you have a decision coming up and that you should go with it confidently. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Because that seems like a sign. It's a little different if she calls you every other I'm day. Sorry, yes, I should have gotten more in detail. You, Yeah. So she uh, never has done this to me. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You don't even know what. And I hadn't told anyone up to that point and whatever. And because I just found it myself and, and I was like, I have to tell you now. So I told her and she's like, Oh, praise Jesus. See, here's your answer. And she goes, you're going to do big things with this surgery. And she, yeah. So I'm hoping that big things will come from this and people will stop the taboo of weight loss surgery. And, um, cause you still got to put in the work. People think it's an easy way out, but it's not. And yeah, it seemed from a medical perspective, it seems that you really should have multiple options and it's not really practical or, or the best care if you only have a few things to offer and really having a large assortment of, well, if the simple things don't work or the common things don't work, you really need more specialized care. Mm. So, no, that's fantastic. And I appreciate you coming on and discussing this. So you have a social media page or background that you wouldn't mind if people contacted you if they had more specific questions about gastric bypass and just the process. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, do you want the name of it? Sure. It's refining me 0405 underscore RNY. Um, can you spell that out? Yes. R E F I N I N G M E zero four zero five underscore R N Y. And that is your, that's my Instagram. I have so far only, um, documented this journey on Instagram. Fantastic. Any other ways that you are willing to have people contact you or is that enough? I think that's good for now. Sounds good. Well, Julie, I won't take any of more time. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your story. Yes. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and visit the Get Healthy 360 Facebook page. We are always looking for feedback and new story ideas. Thanks again, and see you next time.